Good evening. Welcome to Left, Right and Center. I'm Vishnu Shom. On the program tonight, Prime Minister Narendra Modi meets representatives of eight Christian groups in Kerala's Kochi this evening in what is being seen as the BJP's big push to woo the community ahead of next year's general elections. It's the Prime Minister's second interaction with community leaders in less than three weeks. The last occasion was on Easter when he visited Delhi's Sacred Heart Cathedral and interacted with the Christian community planted a tree. In the party's last national executive, Prime Minister Modi had made a strong case for reaching out to marginalized sections and minorities. Our first topic, the Prime Minister's minority push in Gujarat is the BJP set to, in Kerala in fact, is the BJP set to forge a new relationship with Kerala's bishops. That's going to be top of the program. Up next at half past the hour, it's been 10 years since Sachin Tendulkar bid farewell to international cricket leaving us all with tears in our eyes. Sachin remains perhaps India's favourite son, a cricketer who we all grew up watching. Sachin's success was our success. His failures were on our shoulders as well. Besides anything else, Sachin Tendulkar was and remains a brilliant human being, a true inspiration. Brett Lee joins us at half past the hour along with a panel of experts. You don't want to miss that at all. But first, um, Seeking to expand uh, its footprint in Kerala, the BJP, it appears, is doing a lot of things. Um, there's a youth conclave, which the Prime Minister addressed. Then there is a, a maritime taxi, which uh, the Prime Minister is also looking into. New train services as well, development in Kerala, but significantly a meeting with bishops as well. Joining us now, a very special guest, uh, John Barla, the Union Minister of State for Minority Affairs. Government of India, thanks sir, very much for being with us. So, uh, how has the Prime Minister's meetings with members of the Christian community, specifically bishops, gone off uh, so far? What is the information that you can share with us? No, already we have met all fathers and bishops and cardinals before. Uh, many times I have met with all Christian leaders of Kerala. And, and the nice meeting with them and already our Christian uh, uh, are doing a great job uh, in education, in health and social. Uh, that's why Modi uh, is doing for the, uh, his work. Uh, he always used to say, Sabka saath, Sabka bikaas and Sabka biswas and paryas. That means we have to uh, unite together and uh, development will come and we have to believe each other now every uh, other country christian country and uh, muslim country they accept the leadership of modi so why not should our christian people why not our minority people and now <coughs> education policy national education policy is good and uh, already our christian mini uh, christian people are doing a great job in education and health that's why already I have met to them and I explained what Modi want to do for our country, for the Kerala, for in future also. In Northeast also, they accept the Modi uh, leadership. No, but Mr. Bala, but, but, but Mr. Bala, let me ask you some hard political questions. Now, a few Christian leaders who had been part of various splinter groups of a regional Christian party in Kerala, the Kerala Congress, floated a new outfit called the National Progressive Party. Um, and there are others. Recently, you've had uh, a leader join, a Christian leader join the BJP as well. So is this essentially the prime minister looking to get into what the BJP hopes uh, is an area that they'd be able to make a dent ahead of 2024, otherwise 2029? Yes, all the next uh, in 24 also will change the uh, in political our Christian communities, they accept the modern leadership in 24 also and 26 also we are going to win in Kerala. 24 and, and 26, both the national and the state Christian elections. People are joining. You're going to Christian win. Are jo already Christian people are joining in BJP uh, because uh, the, in, they want to work in Modi leadership. Sir, um, this comes at a time when there have been so many concerns expressed by the Christian community on violence against Christians. For example, President Murmu herself has expressed concern over reports of increasing uh, persecution of Christians. This is after Christian leaders met her recently. She's told the community that she's going to look into this as well. Uh, so this being the case, 
uh, how does this, uh, this, this concern not affect Christians in Kerala? Suppose in, in, uh, in Modi government after two, 2014, uh, we make a government in, um, and uh, in Christian people are saved in Modi government and now they have to come nearby in politics, we have to involve our Christian people are far from the politics. So in politics also, without political power, we cannot serve our people. So uh, whatever issue, whatever grievance, uh, now the government is running by the BGP government. So we have to come nearby and if if any grievance is there, if any issue is there, then we can sit with each other in talk, in table, open uh, dialogue. Then we can solve all this problem. In future, we will do uh, better. But Mr. Bala, uh, could you tell dialogues. me what are statistics, since you are the Minority Affairs Minister of our country, could you give us some ideas on atrocities against Christians in India? Any statistics that you that you have? Already Christian people in India before independent and after independent in education and health and in social, they are doing great job. No, so I'm Maybe asking you about atrocities against Christians in India. It's not only me who's asking. The Supreme Court has asked for this data as well. Have you? Why? Why no, is it that the Supreme Court asked for this data in September last year? No, no, no. And even what, now, I, apparently, uh, it's not been given. The Supreme Court said that look, you have another two weeks. This was last month. Has the centre been able to give the Supreme Court the data that it seeks? In short time, I cannot explain why is going atrocity act in india with christian people i in short time i cannot explain they have our the people of india they don't know about the contribution of the christian people if they knows about the christian contribution of the india in education then the atrocity never happen in in future so and then how is so it that's why that's we want to no 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 we want to solve this in suppose atrocity why it is happening the peoples are doing uh, whatever in short time i cannot explain i have to see then i can explain so, sir, let me all try and, let me try and explain sir the united christian forum which monitors atrocities against christians in india recorded 598 violent incidents in 2022 from 21 states uh, among the 28 states and eight federally ruled territories in the country. They, they've sent this in a memorandum which they submitted to the president. Now, I, I don't know if you agree with these statistics or you disagree with these statistics. Hello? Hello? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yes. No, no. We, what I said, you have to sit in table, whatever issue, without dialogue, all this, uh, the, we cannot solve all this. Before also, they get agitation in, in front of the Jantar Mantar. But they didn't come to, as a minister, as a minority minister, they didn't uh, submit any pro, uh, dispute and uh, any grievance, any issue. They did not uh, they submit to me. And they go for agitation. But agitation may, cannot solve that problem over there. So our Home Minister also saying that come to us and whatever issue, we will solve all this problem. They don't want to sit. Now already, now today, all the Christian leaders are sitting with the Modi. Whatever grievance they have, maybe okay. uh, they have put up all but these things. I understand. So one final question, sir. Um, we heard what uh, Mohan Bhagwaji had said uh, a couple of months back when he said that people of other faiths should be reflected, uh, should be respected, and they should be allowed. And, and, you know, I mean, nobody should be prevented from practicing their own faith. Now, we know that the BJP, in fact, Prime Minister Modi himself has made an outreach to the Muslim community. And now, of course, this outreach to the Christian community. So is this a larger no. process? Is this a larger process that we are seeing? Uh, which, you know, I mean, is, is where the BJP is headed, not just for elections, but perhaps in trying to be a more inclusive party. Already what I have said, why we met all the Christian leader, the, oh, and our Pradhan Mantri, he went to Golda Church and met with all the fathers and bishop and sisters. Why they should, why they are, you have to understand why we are going to meet them. Why are we sitting and meeting with them? To solve, sabka saath, sabka bikas. Okay. 
that is the meaning why we are going why i am going in kerala again and again i'm sitting with them to convince how Balla to sir one final question to you sir one oh, final question to you I understand yeah. what you are trying to say when you say that the BJP and the Prime Minister in this case are trying to sit with members of the Christian community and deal with all issues, and I think that's wonderful. But my question is: one of the key issues of the BJP has been uh, conversion or forced conversion uh, done by members of the Christian community. For example, in Karnataka, uh, members of the Christian community have said that statistically this is not correct. right that this is not this is not something that happens in a wide scale so that's why what the what i want to say the people of india they don't know about our contribution that's why all these thing happening in our country in all over state you have seen you just a maximum in christian school in university college either medical college 98% 90% non christian are getting education but till today we did not uh, christian people did not convert them every st student there uh, either businessman either political leader their student educated their children in a christian school but till today nobody has conversion uh, uh, great in, uh, so, so you sir do you mean to suggest that conversions by member illegal conversions by members of the christian community as reported by members of the rss of no, the bajrang dal in karnataka so are wrong I, i don't think so the christian people are conversing uh, conversing okay. the, the hindu people this, this is not fact that's why but you are that's not a, saying that is an absolutely key point and, uh, and that, that is that you are uh, our christian people they don't want to show their contribution before independent after independent you will got that every every political leader they get education from the christian school subhash chandra bosh and abdul kalam mahatma gandhi and jetli lk adwani and smriti rani pius gel rashtrakre family power family and many other so mr barlak i i want to make sure i have understood your point are you saying yeah. that members of the christian community are not involved in illegal conversion of people of different faiths in the country there may be one off cases but by and large there is no trend are you saying that no that this is we, we are not doing but what is happening in modi leadership all christian are now it is all christian people are joining in a modi they are joining the bjp Yeah, they are they accept the leadership of modi that's why other communities other uh, other party political party though are against party they are doing all these thing and blaming to the bjp right that is the fact nowadays or uh, every only hindu people are in bjp not that then in the other party also in bsp congress every So what Balas I'm asking you about religious people. conversions because you just mentioned about 2 minutes back that religious forced forced religious conversions are not happening are not being done by members of the Christian community is that correct All right apologies that signal over there with the minorities affairs minister has frozen but I think that's a question which we need to probe more closely Binoy uh, Vishwam the CPI Rajya Sabha MP joins us Dr Michael Williams president of the United Christian Forum we're also joined by Rahul Ishwar um Binoy uh, uh, Vish, uh, Vishwam thanks so very much for being with us um how do you see this outreach by the prime minister to members of the christian community i mean irrespective of 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 all that we've seen in the past and and so many complaints by members of the christian community there appears to be a genuine outreach not just to the christian community to the muslim community as well do you welcome this no i may request the minister mr john balaji to tender apologies to the christian community and all the minority communities and tell them that whatever they were preaching all over the country till today as a reason to unleash attack over them was wrong and tell the minorities especially the christians that their basic approach to the christian faith was thoroughly mistaken i request the minister and his prime minister also to tell the country that whatever they have written 
in the bunch of thoughts by Golwalkar was baseless and tell the whole nation that based on that falsehoods anti-christian approaches what they did was anti-national anti-secular and all these deeds were against the unity of india let them tell like that and attend uh, to their apologies and accept the faith from the uh, christian minorities and muslim minorities and then let them open a new chapter one more thing let them apologies for the family of the australian priest grabstens yes and let them send the apology on the question of father stan swami was brutally murdered so i get your point let me take that across to rahul ishwar rahul do you believe that on the basis of this big outreach by the bjp to the christian community uh, and in light in fact uh, of what we are seeing now where that that members of the bjp should actually owe an apology for their past practices and their past statements against the christian community whether it's on conversions or on anything else vishnu ji two submissions one yes. kerala is home to the oldest christian community in the world we believe by ad 52 saint thomas the disciple of jesus christ came to kerala and we have one of the oldest christian communities in the world nearly 400 years before constantine and holy papacy or rome rose we had our christian community second please remember rss you know i am not an rss activist but as a hindu activist rss always had a outreach from the time of sarsanchalak sudarshan ji they had a isai rashtriya manch or a christian rashtriya manch a muslim rashtriya manch even mohan bhagwat ji categorically said uh, that you know they have evolved from the earlier position guruji goldwalkar did guruji goldwalkar himself have moved away from the hardline position that was expressed in vicharadhara or bench of thoughts like vinoy vishwam sir was saying and guruji evolved into a center right gandhian where he even said we don't need uniform civil code what we need is diversity and unity so you know people evolve our organizations evolve and we should be welcoming that and modi ji is becoming increasingly acceptable sitting in kerala after discussions in regional chats about the same thing there's a huge you know um, uh, admiration for modi ji as a leader all the christian important padres or fathers are warming up to him they understand that modi ji is going inclusive and he has met uh, when then met pope francis who's a world respected leader so this is there is a realignment happening and there is a genuine respect for christian community and muslim community from many of the senior sang leaders which is a welcome move yeah. i think this is good for india as a whole for our pluralistic framework and we should be welcoming such move irrespective of any party whether it be bjp congress cpu doesn't matter harmony and happiness is what every nation need when bjp you know is moving to a center right position more inclusive that is something that everyone has to applaud and modi ji is having that acceptance from all communities you know beyond hindu or christian or muslim no, no, so, so let me get a response i think what you say is important uh, dr michael williams do you welcome uh, you know the the outreach by the prime minister i welcome any outreach you know in the sermon on the mount the lord jesus christ said blessed are the peacemakers for they will inherit the earth so if the bjp's game plan is to inherit this earth this land of india they need to be actual real peacemakers i welcome any 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 effort to build bridges but genuine sincere efforts because it's not just sabka saath sabka vikas but it is also sabka vishwas so earning that vishwas which seems to have been eroded since 2014 as we have seen violent incidents spike as we have seen members of the christian community being arrested across this nation uh, on all trumped up charges of false conversion and etc etc i'd like to see this faith won back i'd like to hear some uh, solid statements coming out that show that they are putting their weight behind exactly what the honorable minister john barra has just stated and uh, dr williams do you believe that you know if if i was to be cynical and said that this is being done entirely for an electoral standpoint the bjp is uh, perhaps the most awesome force when it comes to winning elections anywhere in the world uh, would you say that you know i was being cynical or or or, or is that a fact Well, you know, uh, Vishnu, uh, to any practical thinking human being, timing of any event is fairly crucial and important. We are looking at a national election looming large. We are looking at some key state elections looming large, and from 2014 here at this juncture of 2023, we are seeing this sort of a 
start of an outreach. It's nothing massive. It's limited to uh, a particular state, but it's a start. It's uh, not limited yes, to a particular uh, state. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why, Dr. Williams. They've just come off the back of, of incredible election wins in the Northeast. Many of those states are Christian states. Uh, and so perhaps you can suggest that it's riding on the back of that and demonstrating acceptability to members of the Christian community that the Prime Minister has gone to Kerala. It's a shrewd move. It shows his, his, his acceptance in, in, in a part of our country, which he wants to translate into acceptance in another part of our country. Well, perhaps, Vishnu, but uh, we must keep in mind that at the center within the parliament, there really isn't any specific Christian representation. Whatever was there for the Anglo-Indians of two uh, members of parliament, that also has been scrapped. So as far as uh, uh, what the actual dynamics on the ground translate to are very different. And Christians joining in the Northeast states is because we all want progress. We all want to work hand in hand with the government. This is our government at the end of the day, whether we like it or not. This is our prime minister and we have to respect policies that come out. So we all want to work together. And if by getting into the government, some key Christian community leaders are going to be able to make an impact that does bring about this process of peace and harmony that our country sure. is so well known for, uh, kudos to that, certainly. Mr. Vishwam, you, you know, I, I under, you made a political point earlier on when you said that the Prime Minister needed to apologize uh, for how the BJP have dealt with minorities in the past. But are you in Kerala worried about how the Prime Minister has been accepted today in that massive rally? The fact that you've got several Christian leaders speaking to him, the fact that uh, there is greater acceptance perhaps in the Christian community now than there has been in the recent past of the BJP. Is that something that worries you politically? No, we are not at all warriors. Why should we worry? That's the culture of Kerala. The people in Kerala of all religions, they accept an invitation from anybody to come and meet them, to talk to them, exchange of views. It's quite common for Kerala. And those Christian priests who went and met the Prime Minister today, I don't know whether they have raised the concerns of the Indian Christians to the Prime Minister with all seriousness. In the month of February, I was also a witness. In Jandar Mandar, Delhi, there was a large-scale marcha where the Christian societies, a united forum was there. Several segments of the Christian faiths, they came there and they demanded protection for their faiths. They demanded protection for their lives. They demanded protection for their churches, for their cemeteries, for their nuns, for their priests. And they demanded that another stand song should not take place in this country. And they demanded a panel, a minimum thing, a panel to look into those incidents. And you know that there are not few in numbers, huge numbers of incidents that have place. In, in fact, that's an important point, and I wanted to ask Rahul about that. Rahul, in as much as the Prime Minister is making this effort now, the fact of the matter is that you cannot wish away what has happened in the past. For example, in September last year, the Supreme Court asked the Centre to tell it about actions taken by law enforcement agencies in cases of alleged anti-Christian violence uh, in eight states. Um, and I believe even last month, the Supreme Court has asked the Centre and given them a finite period of time and said, oh, where is this data? The center went back to the state, uh, to the Supreme Court and said, oh, you know, it's taking states very time to, to get this data, compile this data. But, you know, I mean, let's, how difficult can that actually be? So the argument, uh, Rahul, is that this data doesn't exist because, you know, I mean, it's just not been compiled fairly. Vishnuji, uh, oh, no, one humble submission. See, I'm a Hindu activist, but I was a part of Young Men Christian Association in Kerala. And, you know, all, all of us studied in Christian schools, including my parents and grandparents. So great respect for the service they are doing. But there is an honest sticking point, which will definitely come up in debates. That's, as you rightly said, regarding forced conversion. And as you rightly point out, that forced conversion is an issue that it should be further debated. Mahatma Gandhi, 80 years back, said, you know, I would like to have an anti-forced conversion law. And it was a great Quran pundit that Maulana Asa who spoke to the Christian cardinal uh, 
uh, who, uh, glaciers of Mumbai, uh, Bombay at that time, regarding the disorganized nature of Hindu community and the fear of conversion. So there is a sticking point that has come up in discussion between various Hindu and Christian organizations. I believe apart from that, I, then there should not be any violence. That's a given in any modern democracy. There should not be any violence. There should not be persecution. And we all genuinely believe in the great service that Christian community has done. But yes, there is a huge section of us who are apprehensive about the forced conversion angle. And there has been some kind of resentment in our minds regarding that. That's the reason why people like us in a very responsible way have called for a Gandhian model anti-forced conversion law, which is a sticking point. But right now what is happening is more of socio-cultural and political. Kerala is having 18.36 or 18.5 percentage Christian community who are very powerful, who are you know very well organized community. So they can take collective decisions. And because the Congress and the other parties are going a bit down, Christian community would like to create new equations and formulas, which is very legitimate and should be respected. Sure. Now, that's the reason why and, uh, in a Hindu Christian unity without Islamophobia is something a welcome formula. So that Rahul, we are talking there. about Hindu Christian unity now, uh, which goes yeah. which which goes beyond something just you know, I mean, which is polite conversation. Are we talking about I mean, it seriously? I mean, let me, let, let, let me be politically brutally honest. You know, I believe a Hindu Christian unity in Kerala minus Islamophobia and Islamophobia angle shouldn't be there. There are many great Hindu leaders in Kerala who are absolutely not Islamophobic and who will never attack Muslim community and imaginary issues. A Hindu Christian alliance, a political alliance in Kerala minus Islamophobia will be the birth of a new political equation in Kerala, just like Goa or just like Northeast. I think that is what Narendra Modi ji has in mind. Even though he won't articulate it that bluntly like an ordinary Rahul, man like my me. friend, are so, you turning a leaf on this program on national television? I mean, I'm being, I'm being honest and this is a truth everyone knows. Of course, political parties and official spokesperson may not be this blunt and brutally honest because they have their own right. votings to do. But no, this is the if, fact if, of the matter if, and, and this and is what we're looking at. If, if our goal and, and you know what, uh, what uh, Dr. Michael Williams was saying, if, if you know, there are statements uh, which call for uh, you know, our society being tighter, being uh, of people of different faith coming together much more closely of an outreach to the Christian community, then that's something that we need to welcome. It needs to be matched with substance on the ground. But certainly uh, uh, po the politics of more inclusion favors all of us in India. I think to that end, that's a, it's, it's a wonderful gesture by the Prime Minister. I'd like to thank you all very much for being with us. We're going to take a short break, move on to our next. It's not a debate because... Uh, the debate is sorted. Who was the best? Sachin Tendulkar. He's turned 50 years uh, of age. Uh, certainly India's or one of India's finest sons. The legend turns 50. What he means to us, that's what we're looking at. You've got a very special interview with Brentley as well. Welcome back. It's been 10 years since Sachin Tendulkar bid farewell to international cricket, leaving us all with tears in our eyes. Sachin remains perhaps India's favourite son, a cricketer who we grew up watching. Sachin's success was our success, his failures were on our shoulders as well. Besides anything else, Sachin was and remains a brilliant human being, a true inspiration. So, we're talking about the man himself, Sachin Tendulkar. Sharda Ogra and Sunandan Dele join me and Brett Lee will be joining us uh, in a little while from now. Sharda, what does Sachin Tendulkar mean to you? Uh, just uh, sort of the, the my, my career started with his career. That's the joke I always make. Uh, he he went uh, sort of skyward. He's a star. No, I think uh, in, in complete seriousness, uh, he was in the 90s and the and 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 the first decade of the 2000s. Uh, he was the central figure around Indian cricket, a very very important, very influential cricketer and a cricketer of great uh, quality. And um, what is even more astonishing is given the gifts that he had. Uh, is the fact that he happened to be a team man. I mean, he could have become a diva. He could have thrown fit, you know, tantrums in the dressing room. And I don't think we uh, really appreciate um, uh, that kind of part that he played along with being an exceptional cricketer of, uh, uh, you know, everyone who's played alongside him, with him, against him, said that uh, this there was actually a genius at work. And along with the genius, he was like an everyday genius um, even in how he conducted himself in the dressing room and... and, and Sharda, what is an everyday genius? Anyhow. <laughs> an everyday genius is the non-diva kind of a thing. I could start taking players' names who were divas and who created and, and, and destroyed teams as they went along. And there were plenty of those in the 80s and 90s. And that's, but that's why he was an everyman and an everyday genius. Surandan Lele, you've been very close to Sachin. Um, let's not talk about cricket. Tell us about Sachin the human being. Because I think... In as much as we love his cricket, 
he's a wonderful person Vishnu you are absolutely right because he's a great cricketer and an outstanding human being me and uh, Sharda knows that for sure uh, once i asked this question to rahul dravid rahul dravid told me what are we ever he has performed on the ground is one thing but the way he himself conducted in the dressing room that spelled magic because he was so calm he was so quiet and normal that indian dressing room which they call it as their second home it was very very pristinely clear nice and atmosphere in the dressing room was very good and that created magic for the indian team so outstanding you may sharda was spot on he is a brilliant team man uh, andrew miller the uk editor of espn creek info is with us as also ratnakar shetty the former general manager of the bcci andrew we are talking about sachin the human being first and then we are talking about sachin the cricketer do you have any thoughts about such in the human being the way he's conducted himself the way he's been humble for example i i just found that you know i mean his reaction to being called by donald bradman as you know he he sort of seems to be a little bit like the way i batted his reaction humility the way he responded to that and that's it just it's just a part of his personality that we've all loved is there anything that you liked about about such in the human Well, my funny enough, the first time I saw Sachin in the flesh was also the very first time I went to a test match. I was age 12 and he was 17, but obviously he was a very young 17 and uh, you know, I I remember vividly because it was the Oval Test in 1990. And so that was the very first game after he made his century. So, you know, everybody knew that this guy was going to be good, but I don't think anyone had quite realized, you know, having seen that century to save that game and the manner in which he scored and all the rest of it, all of a, all of a sudden almost overnight, I think he experience a new level of fame he, he, clearly in india everyone knew he was the coming kid but now suddenly he had this 100 and he was incredible i remember him coming down the steps at the dressing room in the oval and there were a load of aut- autograph hunters packed around myself included and i remember i saw i swear i saw straight into his soul he was he was came around the corner and went, oh my god he's never seen so many people before in his life all hankering after a piece of him and you know he was he was tiny we all remember him as as, as that teenager and i just i remember being in absolute awe of him um even at age 17 and funny funny enough the, the story got even sillier because i was i was there with my my cricket bat i've got it here actually first cricket first cricket bat I ever had i got it signed by most of the team but the the pen that i used for him and capul dev of the two the two great players i really wanted from the indian team it didn't work so um yeah i got i got a, i had a, for many years a great scratch on the uh, on the wood um but uh, yeah no no actual imprint of of sachin uh, from that moment <laughs> Ratnakar Shetty tell us a story about Sachin not about his cricket tell us about something else about him Yeah I'm very happy you are asking me to talk about other than cricket and uh, for <laughs> me I think having seen him from his school days till he retired as an international cricketer uh, a couple of things that I always admired in him was his self discipline uh, his respect for the game and the equipments that he used his respect for his coach and uh, unstinted love for mumbai cricket and indian cricket and 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 i don't i have not seen uh, something of that type because uh, he wouldn't like to miss any games you know he had gone to pakistan for the uh, where he made his debut even he came back his college was uh, had reached the finals of the intercollegiate tournament and he wanted to play that final after coming back from pakistan the opposing team was not uh, favorable to his playing because they said that his name was not in the list of players but uh, we allowed him to play he scored a double hundred <laughs> and i still remember you know for every uh, every day of that three day game achrekar sir used to take him on his scooter at lunch time to garware clubhouse and bring him back to the game that was the relation uh, you know he had with his coach and i feel that that played a, a major role in uh, what he went on to become uh, i think every accolade that he has earned he fully deserved that because of the factors uh, surrounding him sharda uh, i think um I we just don't talk about the the enormous weight of expectation which he shouldered for so many decades it would drive anybody 
crazy absolutely it didn't drive him crazy at all uh, but it's something obviously which he had to deal to to deal with all his all his professional career the expectation of a billion people it's unreal yeah it was absolutely crazy you know i think people uh, who were teenagers who grew up like i was in my 20s in the 1990s and uh, all of us who, who were there at that time and we just saw the attention and and the pressure that was on him and every time you talk to him about it literally like he 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 was uh, shut off from the world in many ways uh, but when you saw him in 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 the middle it was like there was no pressure at all you know he he always said that uh, he said it's not pressure i think it lifts me rather than it it bears down on me off the field it was obviously tougher but on the field it was like he almost reveled in it and he got a lot of energy out of it and and he responded in that way and i think we also forget that he was a uh a tremendous competitor he loved competing and he said i i interviewed him once and he said the only people i i, I can bear losing to are my children so he was that kind he was that kind of a of a competitor and we forget that you know we we forget his competitiveness uh, which i think came out particularly when he st- when he used to bowl every spell he bowled it was like a little piece of entertainment in the, in the sense he was there getting stuck in uh, to try and get the batsman out and and he, he claimed a huge number of wickets for india i think 200 close to 200 uh, so a, ter- a tremendous competitor who loved being being on the field was what made him uh, you know the person he was it 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 showed you the true person that he was andrew sachin ultimately became not just an you know i mean not just an indian hero or an indian icon he was loved and i use that word deliberately throughout the world in in england in australia the fact that you have a lala tendulkar stand in australia now uh the fact that he was he was considered gold uh in the united in england where he played extensively he played club cricket as well uh how was he um so loved for what he was not just in india but around the world it's a very good question i, I think it's i think it's because we just saw him grow up i think obviously it was it was much more obvious for india you know the first the first sort of tv icon to to really grow up on 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 screen i suppose for for the indian audience but we got that as well you know in those days test cricket was still the big deal and him growing up through the ranks of test cricket and being as good as we always thought he could be i think that was just a captivating part of the story you know you look at all these under 19 kids who starlets who can win world cups and and look like they're going to be the next big thing but how many of them ever go on to genuinely great things very few and in fact you know tendulkar was earmarked from such a young age and in the end 200 tests later he not, he just he lives up to every every ounce of the expectation that could ever been put on him it, it's an incredible story and just in terms of him being loved in england uh, i mean again having been there for his first tour in 1990 i was back in uh, back at lords uh, for the 2011 uh, the memorable memorable match of 2000 test um when it went into that final day with all four results possible and the queues around the ground for people to get in bear in mind the fifth day at lords it, it's a ticket only so first come first serve on the gates and the queues going down the wellington road we had not seen anything like it in english in english cricket and that was entirely the tendulkar factor obviously there was a match for india as a whole to win but the fact that tendulkar could have got i think it was it would have been his 100th 100 as well wouldn't it if he got there uh so everything was was building towards that moment he didn't get there on that occasion but the very fact that tendulkar was in the building probably for the last time um we came out on mass to worship him frankly because uh, you know we we we'd watched the journey like everyone else i i got a chance to watch his last test innings in delhi uh, it was just unbelievable just the crowd support over there ratnakar shetty um you know how did we as a generation of indians sort of uh, enjoy life when sachin did well and then felt sad when sachin did badly it's uh, it's almost that his 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 joy and his sadness was our sadness and our joy it's true i think uh, uh, i would put it a bit more generally that uh, the aspirations of indians goes up and down with the performance of indian cricket team most of the times particularly if you are playing pakistan it is more and uh, as far as a person is concerned i think everybody was waiting for him to do well praying for him to get a 100 you know th- that that's the kind of relation that he developed with with the fans all over india and abroad as you rightly said 
because on the tour of Pakistan in 2004, on the very first day where we landed in uh, Lahore, uh, at the hotel when we were having dinner, there was a line of uh, youngsters to take his autograph. It was something which was a surprise for me. And uh, his popularity, therefore, uh, irrespective of whichever country uh, where he goes to play, was the same. He was adored, actually. Sunandan, is it true that uh, ghee, roti and chini was, uh, was his go-to meal? Yeah, yeah. Uh, given an option, Vishnu, he was an uh, he is out and out non-vegetarian. But let me narrate you one story which will bring out uh, something humorous for all of us. Uh, we were traveling from Mumbai to Nasik one day and in car we were four of us. Sachin was driving himself, uh, Atul uh, Ranade, his uh, schoolmate and Vinod Naidu and myself. We were traveling from Mumbai to Nasik and uh, Nasik was just nearing by. And we were standing at the signal because uh, signal has gone red. And one couple uh, was just standing just next to Sachin. And uh, if you observe that if uh, an Indian woman is wearing a sari and sitting on a scooter, she will be sitting on one side and yes. her husband was on the front side. And Sachin just told me, Surandan, maza dekhle. And the moment that red signal gone yellow, he just opened his car window. Sachin's <laughs> face and that lady's face was just this distance and he just said Namaste and that woman had gone mad and she was screaming in her husband's ear like, like mad and all of us started laughing. Oh my God, I cannot forget these type of incidences. <laughs> That is absolutely incredible. Look, it's been wonderful speaking to you, but uh, we've got a wonderful interview with Brett Lee. My colleague uh, Rika Roy speaks uh, with him. Uh, Brett Lee, of course, has had some of the most intense rivalries with uh, Sachin Tendulkar. Listen in. Thank you very much, uh, Vishnu. We are almost in the middle of IPL 2023, but what we are talking about tonight is about Sachin Tendulkar, him uh, uh, achieving yet another half century and former Australian pace sensation, uh, Brett Lee, who picked him the maximum number of times in international cricket, 14 times he pays a tribute to the master. Brett, thank you very much for joining us on the broadcast. Tell us uh, your experience of uh, this edition of IPL first. Is this the closest you have seen in the last 16 season, 30 plus games and where the league table stands today? Yeah, look, I think with um, obviously 10 teams again this year for the second year in a row, it's been incredible because what I have noticed is that, you know, the teams are, are you know, logged at the top. You know, there are um, a number of teams that are on eight points. Um, obviously, CSK are on 10, but just go to show with Delhi, they're on two points. For only won one game, but they're only two points off getting into that middle period. So... Mm -hmm. For me, that's that's really exciting. It's probably the first year that I've I've seen uh, the the table be so close, which is which is great for cricket lovers and and great for us commentators. But as a bowler, how would you describe the matches being heavily tilted towards batters? Several two hundred plus scores this season. Oh, look, I'll always say that every cricket match is in favour of the batters. That's just probably from a bowler's point of view. <laughs> and if you ask a batsman, they'd probably say the the opposite. But now, look, I think there's there's been some wickets which have been conducive, uh, conducive rather, to, to fast bowling. If you look at LSG's home venue in Lucknow, um, on the red soil, outstanding. You know, big big opportunity for bowlers to take wickets up front and see a lot of runs scored. And then if you look at on the other side of the square, you play on the black soil, which I, I think is, um, you know, a, a very tough wicket to play on that only sort of is in favour of, you know, the spin bowl is hard for the batsman too. So, but all, all in all, I think it's been a, you know, a wonderful tournament and it's only going to get better because we're, we're just approaching halfway through and now we'll see teams come into their own. You know, we we'll actually see teams be super involved and the, the teams will start to settle a bit more. Uh, a lot of teams are really like CSK are generally pretty settled. Mm -hmm. But other teams that have chopped and changed, like KKR, etc., right. um, they will need some time to settle, and that should happen soon. 
Now, Brett, let's talk about the news of the day. Sachin, Sachin Tendulkar's 50th birthday and time to remind fans of the great rivalry that you two had. You snapped him up 14 times, the most by a bowler. How do you recall those battles with Sachin Tendulkar? Uh, he's a legend. It's as simple as that. Uh, a legend on the field, a legend off the field. Um, and that's, that's the reason why I put up special tribute today on my Instagram, Facebook and, and Twitter just to to say to him along the lines of uh, I've, I've witnessed, you know, many great um, half centuries in in your cricket career, but this has definitely been your finest, you know, for him to personally bring up a milestone of the age of 50 and many, you know, many more to come. So I, I gave that little tribute today. I also sent him a message on his phone, his personal phone, just to wish him happy birthday because it's a big event you know turning 50 you know my my birthday is in three and a half years my 50th can't even believe i'm even talking about that still feel like i'm 30 or 40 but yeah look it's it's uh it's a, it's a huge honor uh to know him it's a huge honor for him to turn 50 but it's an honor for us as cricket lovers to appreciate the great man sachin tanduka that uh the, you know the joy and the love that he brought many of millions of fans around the world. Well, uh, Brett, it's always intriguing for me to know. Sachin spoke about visualization. But would you say that uh, Tandulkar was visualizing the ball out of the bowler's hand even before the bowler had bowled to him? Well, you know, for me, there's, there's so many things or so many words that you could use to describe Sachin Tandulkar. You could pick... You know, a million things. And, for example, timing. Mm. So with bowlers, and if I'm bowling a ball at 160 Ks, for me, I'm trying to rush the batsman. I'm trying to create a moment where the batsman feels rushed. So they've normally got about 0 0.3, 0 0.4 of a second, so less than half a second, to make up their mind where the ball pitches, if the ball is shaping or swinging, is it moving off the seam, what type of shot they have to play. Sachin Tanduka was the only batsman that I played against where it just felt like he had that extra bit of time. So most wow. batsmen, and I'll, I'll use the example of when a batsman stands with his feet either side of the popping crease, the crease line, it felt like Sachin was behind the stumps. That's how much time he had. Obviously, he wasn't, but that's how it felt as a bowler. Brett, mm -hmm. in this age of IPL, how relevant would you say Sachin Tendulkar still is? Oh, he would have made a you know a brilliant uh, player in in the IPL now, as as would have you know a lot of other players around the world if they had the opportunity. But you know it, it's a, it's a different era too. And the thing is, oh, you know, we both played a little bit of the back of the Indian Premier League, which was a lot of fun. Um, but now it's over to the younger generation coming through. You know, the young guys and MS Dhoni will also go through that at some stage, whether this is his last year or whether. Next year will be his last year. Who knows? But you can't play forever. That's the thing. You know, his legacy will always live on longer than he will, um, you know, with hundreds of years to come. But the legacy is what is so important because he's, he's created that legacy that generations of cricketers to follow will still know who Sachin Tandukar is, even though that he's been long retired. Brett, uh, playing in the V. Uh, while a batsman is batting is almost a forgotten art. Would you say Sachin Tendulkar will be remembered as that man who batted in the V? Well, look, playing, it, playing in the V is still very important. Obviously, it's predominantly a lot more important when you're thinking about test cricket and then, I guess, one-day cricket. But also, too, you know, you see some of these shots that are, are played now in T20 cricket, guys going down and, mm. and lapping... Guys right. reverse lapping, you know, hitting shots over their heads. The 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 calibre of shots now is, you know, it's mind mind blowing what mm. they can do. But I still believe my favourite shot, and it's still being done today, even in T Twenty cricket, where we're seeing quality batsmen still hitting in the V. It's so important because if you hit the ball on the ground, you can't get caught. You know, it's that old cricket saying. Um, but the games the games evolved, the games changed, but. There's still room for playing in the V. 
Now, let me ask about uh, you being the most fierce competitor, one of the most fierce competitors that Sachin has faced, which is the area you were always wary of bowling to Sachin and what has been your best shot of Sachin Tendulkar, your most favorite shot? Anywhere. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of praying before I went out, a lot of praying that I wouldn't get parted for four or hit for four. Uh, for me, the favourite shot watching Sachin, and it's, it's happened on a number of occasions against me, was, you know, I'd bowl what I thought was a perfect outswinger, and mm. he'd show the full face of the bat, going straight back, hit the ball back past my left foot, past the umpire for four, you know, the, the straight drive or the drive-through cover. Mm. To me, that was Sachin Tanduka at his best. Yes, he had the hook shot. Yes, he had the cut. Yes, he had the back foot cut the flick off his toes. But for me, driving a fast bowler past the fast bowler before, that was pretty cool to watch. Brett, as you say that, I'm just getting goosebumps because I do visualize that uh, straight drive of Sachin's. Now, Sachin, for me, stood for innovations. Now, talking about innovations, there have been several in IPL over the years. What is it this time around that has influenced you, particularly you working with a broadcaster that has, uh, you know, brought in uh, new and unique things to the game? Yeah, well, look, you know, for me, working with Geo Cinema has been a game changer. And it's, it's a game changer in a sense of we are now going out to a whole different audience. You know, when you think about all the people that would normally not get the opportunity, the fans that wouldn't get the opportunity to watch the IPL have now got the opportunity through 12 different, um, you know, dialects, I guess, you know, tw 12 different entities to watch it. So, Languages, got, I believe, yeah. you know, with English channel and a Hindi channel, there, there, are, there are 10 other channels and 10 different languages, 12 different languages, in fact, to, to cover the, the IPL through Geo Cinema. Um, for me, it's, it's like working with, a close family you know I'm, I'm working alongside the greats of the game um guys i've played against throughout my whole career from you know zahi khan to parthi patel to graham swan to chris gale to scott styrus to graham smith just to mention a few um it is a phenomenal team to work with but as, as i said the great thing about geo cinema is that now we are reaching out to those that would never have had the opportunity to watch IPL and do it in a fun environment where they're not only learning and watching the game, but they're learning about us as insiders. You know, we're giving them a different, a different opportunity to learn about the game from our perspective and what we've learned. Brett, the broadcaster, you're working with uh, broadcasts in 12 languages and how many of those uh, languages are you broadcasting in? Ten. <laughs> yes, we do get that. One, two, three, three languages you speak. Thank you very much for joining um, us on the broadcast and talking about your experiences in that combox as well as uh, years of rivalry with Sachin Tendulkar. It was splendid having you uh, with us uh, this evening.